Welcome to episode 84 of the Farm Exec Podcast. I'm Elaine Quilici, Senior Editor of Farm Exec Magazine and your podcast host. Farm Exec Magazine is a multimedia publishing brand that brings you the latest commercial insights for the C-suite. On this week's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Judy Stewart, Head of U.S. Vaccines at GSK. Judy talks about the effects of people missing their recommended vaccinations during the pandemic and the importance of delivering a message of value for vaccines. Let's take a quick break from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Judy. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At TrueSterum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at truesterumntwk.com. Hello, podcasters. Today I'll be interviewing Judy Stewart, head of U.S. Vaccines at GSK. Judy's here to discuss how routine recommended vaccines were affected by the pandemic. Thanks for joining us today, Judy. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So we know people avoided doctor's offices and many missed their recommended vaccinations, especially during the early days of COVID. But what are the dangers of not keeping up with recommended vaccinations? It's a good question. It's one I I think about actually quite a lot in the position that I'm in. And GSK had commissioned a report from Avalair Health. They did an analysis of claims data. And unfortunately, what they found, what they learned in that analysis is that 26 million doses of recommended vaccines in 2020, primarily due to the pandemic, were missed. And if you you look at that even further, about two-thirds of those doses are coming from adults who did not get the vaccines that they needed. And about a third were coming from those in the adolescent age group that should have gotten vaccinated. And I think it's concerning for a lot of different reasons, but you know, we risk having disease outbreaks when we don't have our vaccination rates up as high as they could be. And it can be something as simple as missing work because you're not feeling well and you know, you're dealing with a disease. It could be a serious illness. It could even be risking death. So I think everyone in the healthcare system is focusing on this and wanting to make sure that we do whatever we can to make sure that people are protecting themselves against disease and prevention as part of that. Could you talk about the health disparity when it comes to vaccines and if the pandemic impacted that in any way? Yeah, it did. So, you know, we know when we look at health disparities, whether we're talking about racial, ethnic, age, even geographic, um, you do see some geographic disparities when you're looking at vaccines. Those all existed before the pandemic. But I think what we've seen is that the gaps just keep widening. They've been amplified since going through the pandemic. And those gaps really in many ways are socioeconomically driven. You see them especially in those populations that are either uninsured or underinsured. And I think that's a concern. So we all feel like we need to do better. What we've learned by looking at these widening gaps is that we really have a job to do to just increase the education and people's confidence in routine vaccination and really talking about the benefits, not just to themselves as an individual, but also the benefits to society at large. I mean, part of vaccinating large populations, which we're seeing right now, even with our efforts around COVID, is that we can only really help 
society, help our communities, help the general public if all of us participate in getting vaccinated. And I think that education has to be in very simple, culturally sensitive language so that people can understand it. And I really think it, what it's going to take to close those gaps around disparity of healthcare, in particularly vaccines, is harnessing the support of everyone involved, whether that be you know industry like GSK, policymakers, healthcare professionals, even community leaders, whether they be faith-based or just you know representing large groups within individual communities, they can help as well. So I think there's a lot still left to be done. So how can the public sector, private sector, and public health community work together to promote the shared value of immunizations? So the way I, I look at it, you know, healthcare is an ecosystem, right? There are many people involved, a lot of stakeholders. And for immunization to work and to really be effective, you need the entire ecosystem doing their part and showing up. And so the pandemic has definitely shown the importance of partnership with government, with medical leaders and experts, even retailers. You've seen like the role of retailers in helping to vaccinate, especially adults. And I think GSK feels a tremendous obligation to help raise awareness around the problem and the gaps that I spoke to earlier, but really healthcare providers and also public health leaders they also can play a role in just helping with that catch-up message and integrating that into the conversations as patients come back into the healthcare system, whether that be at a retail pharmacy store or whether that be at a physician's office. Really, they need to be messaging and educating and helping patients realize and consumers realize the role that vaccines play and that they have probably missed their routine vaccination during the pandemic. So I think, you know, there's a lot of moving parts and sometimes that can feel overwhelming, but I think everyone has a really important role to play. And, and I think, you know, the CDC has definitely helped people recognize that vaccines are important and that catching up on vaccines that you may have missed is equally as important as getting the COVID vaccine. So I think that's a really positive development. Do you think COVID has placed immunizations in a new light? You know, how has the pandemic affected people's perception of vaccines overall? Yeah, it's an interesting one because I think what we're seeing that overall people's perception of vaccines has been very positive. And obviously the pandemic and COVID and the immunizations that have been happening over the course of the last 12 months definitely has helped with that and contributed to, I think, a general recognition of the value of vaccines, which is great to see. I think that the pandemic in and of itself has kind of provided a very natural urgency for people to get vaccinated, right? That it's very prevalent right now. But I think as we return to some level of normalcy post this initial wave of COVID vaccination, we really need to take the learnings from that and apply it to other vaccines, other vaccinations that can help prevent disease. I think whether that's retailers. So if you look at retailers as an example, they have been really involved in getting adults vaccinated, not just for COVID, but also for things like shingles and flu. They play a big role in adult vaccination. And I think that they can also start to play a role in getting teens vaccinated. I also think that that surround sound that I was talking about before, of like everyone in that healthcare ecosystem playing a role, I think the media plays a, a role in what they're reporting 
public health leaders like Dr. Fauci. He's played a tremendous role in just highlighting the importance of vaccination. And I think the CDC also does a lot to drive awareness and urgency. And so I think all of those leaders and those experts really can help change the perception of the public around vaccination. I think you're always going to have a segment of the population that is anti-vaccine for whatever reason. It could be driven by their own personal beliefs, their religious beliefs, misinformation they may have seen in social media that they still hold to be true. And we're probably likely never to change opinions of people who are really just anti-vaccine. But I think there's a segment of the population that we call kind of vaccine hesitant. They don't maybe have enough information to have formed an opinion. They might be less confident or less trusting of vaccines, but they really are unsure. And I think those are the individuals we really need to like double down our efforts on educating and helping physicians feel comfortable making really strong recommendations when vaccine hesitant consumers come in to get routine health checks. I think that's an ideal opportunity for them to continue to reinforce those positive perceptions of vaccines and really provide strong recommendations. I know you've worked in various therapeutic areas throughout your career. Could you maybe talk about what makes working in vaccines different than those other areas and what are the benefits and challenges? Yeah, I can. I mean, I have worked in a lot of different therapeutic areas over the course of my career. And I would say, you know, I love them all. They all have their own benefits and challenges to them, depending on what diseases we're talking about. But I think what I love about vaccines is that it's not about slowing down a disease or trying to reduce symptoms that someone's feeling. It's about getting ahead of the disease and really preventing a disease from happening in the first place. And it's also not about finding the individuals who are already sick and experiencing, you know, the symptoms or the ill effects of having a disease because you're preventing it from happening to begin with. As I said earlier, it only really works if the public at large helps in the effort to protect. And so it is a public health initiative. When you're, when you're involved in vaccines, it's all about public health. And I think it's a really noble endeavor. I love it. I know most of the people on my team love what they do and they feel really proud of the impact that they're making to individuals, but also to public health at large. I think the challenges, I can probably think about it a couple different ways, but for me, I think the biggest challenge is just educating the population that, as I described, is vaccine hesitant. There's a lot that needs to be done to educate and to inform on the benefits of vaccines. And sometimes it feels like you're always having to explain to people the benefits, and that can sometimes be a challenge. If I think about myself as a leader, from a leadership standpoint, I'm not going to lie, this year has been probably one of the most challenging that I have experienced from a leadership standpoint. You know, we had to really think about ways to keep the team motivated. And I really learned that recognizing every single small win we had brings value and helps with the resiliency of the team. Good news is I feel like we're coming out onto the other side of the pandemic fingers crossed, I think we're driving the business back to where it needed to be before the pandemic even started. I'm really grateful as a leader, just how incredibly resilient the team that I lead is because it has been tough. It was a challenging year for sure. 
So pharma is kind of in your blood, right? I believe you have some <laughs> siblings that are also involved in pharma. What's that like? Yeah, I actually, I have three sisters, not pre-planned, but we all are involved in the pharmaceutical industry one way, shape or other. I will say that the good news is we don't all work for the same company. I don't, I don't know how successful we'd be if we were all working on top of each other every day. So we all work at different pharmaceutical companies and all in different functional areas, surprisingly. So we're, we represent all different parts of the business. And I think it's good in that we know what we're talking about. We know the lingo. And so we can have good conversations when we're together and we can give each other advice that I think we all, we all value because we have the experiences we have. So yeah, it's an interesting one. One day, maybe we'll start our own pharmaceutical company. <laughs> well, JD, thanks so much for being with us today. It's been really interesting learning about all the other vaccines out there and why they're important to maintain. Thanks. Appreciate the conversation. What if you had limitless access to customer insights, accelerated timelines, and set fees? At True Serum Network, we're fueled by connections in virtually every area of healthcare as part of MJH Life Sciences. The result? Audience-fed creative and more powerful content in less time. True Serum Network, releasing what's real. Find out more at truestherumntwk.com. And now it's time for this week's leadership tips from pharma execs. Hi, I'm Judy Stewart, head of U.S. vaccines at GSK. And my leadership tip is simply to be yourself. I think trying to emulate another leader that you might look up to or copy someone's style, I just think that winds up landing very inauthentic. And I think being authentic and being yourself is probably my best advice. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this week's Farm Exec podcast. We are always pleased to take you behind the headlines, provide expert tips from industry leaders, and give you an inside look at what the Farm Exec staff is working on. Remember, you can always find us on the web at farmexec.com, on Twitter at farmexec, on Instagram at farmexecutives, and on YouTube. The views expressed on this podcast do not reflect the views of Farmexec, its parent company, or our advertisers. For editorial questions, please email editorial director Lisa Henderson at lhenderson at mjhlifesciences.com. And for sponsorship opportunities, please email group publisher Todd Baker at tbaker at mjhlifesciences.com.